Hello, everyone. Welcome to part two of the Credit Basics multi-series for All Things Credit podcast. Just to quickly recap, in part one, we discussed how to get the 750-plus credit score, how your FICO score is calculated with the five components, and how many credit cards you should have. So before we get started, a quick spiel about myself. I currently work for J.P. Morgan Chase as a consumer and business underwriter, and I do about 4,700 applications in a year. I just quickly did the math before I started this episode. And about two-thirds of those applications, just for argument's sake, let's say about 2,000 or 1,500, I have personally approved anywhere, and the average credit card that I issue ranges from $35,000 to $50,000. So $1,500 times by $50,000, that's a lot of money. I do this as a full-time job, and I honestly love it. And I want to provide good, sound information from someone that works in the industry. And I've had over seven years of experience in lending, anywhere from mortgages, auto loans, and now unsecured loans and credit cards. So this information that you're getting will be sound, and I won't let you you astray. And this isn't some cheap information that you're going to get from a TikTok influencer that's going to lead you the wrong way. So, without further ado, let's get started. Today's episode is all about credit scores. Uh, We're going to first talk about why they don't match. So, let's think about how your credit score is received, right? You have the three major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And you have FICO, the company that collects, aggregates, and interprets the information that's sent over by the credit bureaus. The credit bureaus and FICO are not mutually exclusive. They are two separate entities. The credit bureaus have their own thing, and FICO does their own thing. That's first and foremost. Secondly, your credit score is dictated by your credit reports. And that, again, comes from the credit bureaus. Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion are all going to have their own internal policies of how they receive, collect, verify, aggregate, and interpret the data. So you have three different businesses that have three different operations and three different ways of how they present the information. That's the major first reason why your credit scores never match across all three credit bureaus. The second reason and this falls on those reporting the information, so creditors, debt collectors. If you have, let's say, a collection, a small collection of $500, and let's say it's from a law firm or whatever, that creditor, or collector rather, may only report that information to Experian, but not Equifax or TransUnion. Why? Well, it costs money to report that information. That's the whole premise of the business model of the credit bureaus is collecting, receiving, and selling data. And it costs money to report that information. So that's why certain creditors or certain lending institutions, certain collectors, only may report certain information to certain credit bureaus. That's another reason why your scores are different. Those are the main two reasons. And that's the simplest answer. They all have different schedules, different time frames, and different ways of getting that. Now, let's dig in a little deeper. FICO, 
the largest credit scoring algorithmic company in the U.S. and the world. Do you know how many credit scoring systems they have? A lot of people think they only have one, and that's FICO 8. You may think they have a couple. Well, they actually have 16 different credit scoring systems within FICO alone, and we haven't even touched the surface of the other major credit scoring system. FICO has 16. The next major uh, credit scoring system is Vantage 3.0. And this is a credit scoring model that was developed by the credit bureaus separate from FICO. They have three different systems. Then let's break it down even further. There are three separate credit bureau entities, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. So from a statistical standpoint, there are over 192 combinations of what your credit score can be. Your credit score is dictated by what's on your credit report. And I always tell this to my clients. Don't worry too much about the credit score. It's great that people check. It's great that people want to know, but don't stress over it. I hear some of my young friends, my young colleagues, even older ones, they're like, I check my credit score every day. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, I just want to know where I'm at. And I always say, do you apply for a credit card every single day? Do you apply for a mortgage every single day? Do you apply for a loan or an auto loan every single day? No. So why are you checking your credit every single day? Checking your credit score every single day is like taking a look at the stock market every at every hour, at every day. The stock goes up, the stock goes down. Stock goes up, stock goes down. And people get in a tizzy because they're like, oh my gosh, my stock is going down, da 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 and it makes them stressed out. But they fail to look at the numbers as a snapshot over a period of time. Is your credit score going up over a period of time? Great. Check it every six months to a year. Or check it, you know, two months before you know that you're going to do something with your credit, whether if it's a credit card or mortgage or auto loan. Check two months ahead of time to know where you're at every year. Don't check it every day. You're going to stress yourself out over a credit score that could not even be accurate because there's over 192 combinations of what your credit score could be. So don't do it. Again, as a snapshot, overall, is your credit score going up? Great. Maintain it. Keep doing what you're doing. Or is it going down? Let's take a look at what's going on. Do you have any collections? Did you file for bankruptcy? Did you get a repossession? Are you maxing your credit cards? Did you have a couple late payments? Look for those indicators. Look what's on your report. That's what you should be focusing on. What information is being reported about you? Is your name correct? There are so many errors on credit reports that 80% of the credit reports in the U.S. contain errors, and most of it is just having the wrong name or the wrong social. You could even be labeled as deceased and not know it on your credit report. So imagine you being alive and applying for a loan and it says that you're deceased, you're dead, but you're right there in the office or on your phone. Check to make sure that your name is correct. Check to make sure that your employer is correct because your employer shows up on your credit report. Is your personal information correct? Do you have the right address? Do you have the right accounts reporting about you? I can't tell you how many times that people have average names like John Smith that have different accounts being reported about them and it's simply incorrect. Or let's say a bank says, oh no, you were 30 days past due, when in reality you were only 22 days past due, but the bank did a terrible job 
reporting accurate information. Dispute it. I always encourage people to dispute inaccurate information. However, if the information on your credit report is accurate and you know that you were late, or you know that collection is yours, or you know you filed for bankruptcy, that stays on there. I'm sorry to tell you, it stays on there. And if you try to pay a credit repair company to fix your credit with accurate information, you're going to be very, very disappointed. Very disappointed. Factual disputes are the only way to get things off your credit report if it's inaccurate. So that's my spiel for credit reports. Next, let's talk about when do credit scores matter and when they don't. Now, for 80% of us, they're going to matter all the time, 24-7, no matter what. Why? A lot of the application process with banks are automated. They're automated systems. The first thing the computer does is look at your credit score, and it already decides within 30 seconds if you're on an approval path or decline path. And then what other subsequent information being reported about you, it's going to automatically generate a decline reason or, hey, you're approved for X amount of dollars. For 80% of us, that's what's that's the outcome. For the 20% of individuals, you either fall into one to two buckets. The first bucket, and it's very simple, is that you have a lot of money and you don't really care what's on your credit report. Why? Well, you have a lot of money. And when I first started lending, it was actually more like a culture shock when I would look at all these millionaires' deposits but then I would take a look at their credit report. I would see some charge-offs. I would see some 90-day pass-through payments on their credit cards. Like, it was a whole mess. And I was shocked. Like, how do you make this much money, but yet your credit report is in the state that it's in? One, they're sloppy. They don't really care to maintain it. And two, they make too much money to care because they know they're going to get approved. So that's the first bucket. The second bucket of people, and this is going to matter to the majority of us, is if you experienced some type of event that was out of your control. So that could be if, you know, a breadwinner in the family passed away, and then next thing you know, all the loans and accounts that you were on are suddenly falling delinquent and charged off because you didn't make the same amount of money. Or you were in a relationship with a significant other, and that relationship or marriage went south, and they charged off everything that was in your name or even worse they applied for loans because they know your social security number in your name without your consent or and this is probably the most important reason you were a co-signer on an auto loan or a mortgage or credit card for someone else that you had no business co-signing for and they didn't pay back their debt even though they were the ones financially responsible you were just on there as a co-signer for credit to get them approved. You, Even though you were not financially responsible and you weren't making any payments, well, guess what? You were the co-signer. You put your social on the application. You signed for it. You're financially and legally responsible for it. That's just the simple fact of the matter. That, the second bucket of people, this is where it tends to not matter as most, and I'm going to tell you why. A lot of banks are seeing these trends and hearing out these people that certain things are were just simply out of their control and the automated system is not going to catch that so and this also relates to my job currently there is 
not a movement, but there is a process known as judgmental lending. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You have your application and someone like me who is a human is going to look at it. And the information that I see, depending on the information, I'm going to do my best to make sure I get a hold of the client. I'm going to ask them questions in regards to their credit report. And I'm going to sympathize with them. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to ask them how did this happen and what has your you know what has changed since the situation or what is your pay down plan for all the debt that you currently have or how did you you know recover from the situation and again also empathize with them they went through something that was out of their control I'm not going to <clears throat> excuse me immediately berate them for oh you have all these collections on your report what makes you think that we can give you a credit card absolutely not we should never do that and also, as a, a bonus tip, medical collections and medical debt is never considered in the underwriting process. However, because it is still collection, it still affects your score, it still places you in a certain spot credit-wise or credit-tier-wise, but beyond that, it's not going to be considered in our evaluation. And I know for me, from personal experience, there was one client, she applied for a business card. She was a sole proprietor. Her business EIN was her social and she did everything right by getting recognized by the state so we can verify her as a legitimate business. And all she wanted was a $5,000 business credit card. Nothing, nothing crazy. She called in and she's like, I want to have my application reconsidered. And she happened to get me. I said, great. I'm more than happy to reconsider your application. So I get the application. The first thing I see is a 585 credit score. Now in my mind, a million things are going through my head, but the one thing that's not going through my head is this person's gonna get declined. That's not what's running through my head. What's running through my head is, okay, this person went through something, let's see what happened. How can I make a sound lending decision? And this client was excellent. They didn't have any late payments on their credit cards. She only had one and it was already with Chase. There were no bankruptcies. There were no foreclosures. She didn't have a lot of inquiries. And she had the same credit card for the past 10 years. What happened? There was nothing but these unsecured loans from Upstart, SoFi, Discover, you know, any other any other creditor that you can think of for unsecured loans she had on her report. And it was about $20,000, give or take. So I asked, I'm like, and I preface this always, I always say, I'm not asking this to be nosy. I just want to understand what happened. Can you tell me what happened with all of these charge-offs? She begins to say, and you can kind of hear tears coming. She says, my significant other applied for all these loans in my social without my consent. And because I didn't apply for those loans, I'm not paying them back. And people morally feel that way, and I agree. If it's a debt that's not yours, you should not have to pay it back. So after having that conversation, asking those questions, I overturned her decline decision and I approved her for $5,000. Now, from a bank's perspective, it's like, well, hold on. This lady just charged off $20,000. You still gave her a credit card? And I have superiors I have to answer to, and I present my case. I'm like, yes, I did approve this client for $5,000 because the charge-offs on her report are not hers. Someone else applied for those loans in her name. What can you say about that? So 
that's the other part where your score doesn't matter is if you had some type of significant life event that has happened now does that mean that you're going to get approved every single time when you explain your situation sadly no because this lady she was declined the first time by the automated system and she was declined again by another human is it possible yes but it's not impossible it may require some elbow grease it may require a plan of action but that is the aspect that most banks are leaning towards because they know that they can't they can't decision all of them and they, the system can't have empathy it can't ask pertinent questions in regards to your credit report and what has happened that was out of your control and you have a legitimate reason as to why that happened and i have countless examples but that was the one that came into my head recently so without further ado i'm going to end the episode here but before you leave, I want to apologize if my voice was different um, or if it sounds more raspy than usual. I'm currently getting over a fever, or I actually have a fever at the time of recording, and I want to make sure I get an episode out. And two, I want to provide sound, free, and high-quality information from someone that works in the underwriting industry as a full-time job. And I'm here to tell you, one, don't look at your credit every single day. You're going to stress yourself out. Look at it as a snapshot every you know six months to a year and you know two to three months before you apply for anything big like an auto loan or a mortgage to see where you're at two the information that's on your credit report reflects as your credit score so know what your credit report says on all three credit reports and it's very easy to get your information for free and three just know that whatever situation you're in it's not set in stone. Credit scores change all the time. Information on your report, whether if it's new or old, changes all the time. Therefore, your credit score changes all the time. Know where you're at right now. Look at where you were and make a plan of action of what you can do to better yourself in the future. And that's all that you can do. So without further ado, this will conclude part two of Credit Basics. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.